So this one, we are, well, I guess, so we're recording this in beginning of July, and this is actually our second time recording in person with each other. That's right, yeah. So uh, this will probably happen, like, I don't know, every couple of years or something. Like, well, guess, yeah, we'll do hopefully. it in person. Yeah. Um, we, had, we had a good couple episodes to, or like a fun couple episodes to watch. Yeah, uh, they're fun this time. together, too. Uh, so it'll be this, this one, and then uh, our next episode coming up will also be from this same session but a couple of weeks ago in june was sort of one of the big like video game like trade shows where they announce a bunch of upcoming games or like more details about games and release demos and that kind of thing yeah now that e3 like isn't a thing anymore everyone's just like well, well i guess we'll just kind of we'll like have a video on. around when e3 was yeah yeah like because it was just like we'll just do our own like hour-long event just for starfield but one of the games that got announced is a strategy game well it's being published by paradox studios i think it's being developed by a different group but uh paradox is has done a bunch like a lot of just sort of very vast deep like strategy games they did like crusader Mm -hmm. kings and europa universalis and victoria and they did stellaris too which is kind of that type of same type of game but set in space yeah and then you said you've never played any of those, right? No, I tried after Crusader Kings three came out. I tried to play Crusader Kings two because it went like free to play. Yeah. But then like I could not get it to work on my computer. Like uh. like like I was playing with a couple of friends and we like tried for like an hour and just like it wasn't working. It was very it was very odd. I don't know. But I was like I've yeah. heard that those are good games. That's the, Crusader Kings two is the one I've played the most of. And yeah, I haven't played any Solaris, but they've so they've announced they've they're. And there's no release date yet or anything, but a a grand strategy game that is Star Trek based. So you can play as the leader of one of four major factions, which are the Federation, Romulans, Klingons, or Cardassians. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's set very very solidly like TNG, Deep Space Nine era. Well, you were telling me can... like who the yeah the the original art for it, like the four people they showed were Picard. Uh, Golducat, Gowron, and then the. What the is her name though? Picked, what is her yeah. name? Uh, I, it looked. It looked like I'm pretty sure it was. It was the the captain from the episode we watched a little bit ago, where Deanna Troy has to like go undercover on a Romulan ship. What, is that what was that episode even called? Face of the Enemy is what the episode was called. Okay. And is it all, all the Romulan names are the same for me? Commander Torith. Torith, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you could get that confused from Sub-Commander Nevek, the other yes. big uh, character. The, in the, the only Romulan name I ever remember is Sela, who is the one that's Tashi Yar's daughter. Mm-hmm. And Shin's I, name, I guess. I didn't remember uh, her name, so... But yeah, but uh, like, because uh, all this stuff, like the Steam page is just like, you can get iconic characters like Picard and Janeway and Sisko and Data, or... Diverse starships, like Defiant class ships or Galore class Cardassian vessels. Well, you know it's funny. We were talking about this a couple of days ago um, because we were we were looking at. Uh, I have some of the Star Trek customizable card game, and yeah. when but both editions of the Decipher game of that came out, like two, like like one of the three factions you could play as. It was like you could play as the, the Klingons or the Federation or the Romulans. Yeah, and it's just like. The Romulans are like obviously a very important, you know, uh, part of Star Trek lore, but like they don't really have like 
the big names, you know? Yeah, like, there aren't any real, like, characters that stick with you, I feel like. Yeah, they're like they're like the Oakland Athletics. Like, they've been around forever, but, like, the, you know, it's been a long time since, like, Jason Giambi was on their team or whoever, you know? Right. Like, it's just, like, you know, I think one of, one of the, the second edition of the, that game, it's like, I think we talked about this on the show way back when, but, like, the Romulan, the guy on the Romulan starter deck box is is Shinzon, um, where it's just like, you know, there's a period of about six months where, like, that game could have been made, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's, like, all Romulans kind of, like, look very similar, too, because they all wear, like, the same clothes, and they all have, like, that same, like, yeah, super severe really haircut. Like, like there's some good Romulan characters, I think. I mean, we like Commander Charth, but, like... But also, yeah, but none of them stick around. Yeah, not very many of them. Yeah. Episode. Whereas you compare it to, like, you know, Gowron and and Gul Dukat, who, like, both just have such a huge impact, like, you know, because they kept on being brought back, and also because, like, those are just two of, like, the most distinct guest star performances, like, in Star Trek history. You know, we were just talking yeah. about, like, what, well, like, last month, wasn't it? Like, the the first yeah, episode that... that uh, been the last one we did. Yeah, the first episode, we, we saw, watched the first episode of Gowron, and just, like, immediately, like, you're just like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, um... Yeah, this looks. I was looking at the website a little bit when you were talking, and um, it looks kind of similar to the the Star Trek board game that I have, um, the Star Trek Ascendancy, which is like a four X basically Star Trek oh, yeah. uh, board game, which is super fun. And I think whenever you come visit me next, I might I might try to rustle up a few people and see if we can get a game going. But cool. um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so I kind of wonder like. Because, like, uh, the thing about a 4X game is that, like, I don't know, do... I guess, I mean, I guess it's, you know, like in Crusader Kings, it's like you can take your you can take your characters in, in ways that, like, they didn't really go in real life. It's like, that'd be weird yeah. to, like, have a game where, like, you play as the Federation, but you're trying to, like, conquer the galaxy, you know? like Yeah, I wonder but, if you have set sort of, like, ambitions or goals or that, or if you can kind of yeah. determine that for yourself and just go full yeah second season of Picard. Yeah, because in, cause in uh, like... Ascendancy, like you have actually like all of the all of the races have like different rules and limitations that then like reinforce like their characters. So like you can't actually like you can't interact with like pre warp planets uh, if you're the Federation. Oh, interesting. And you can't like take over planets. Like you can only you can only like the only way that you can get planets like, to join you is by like them to doing join diplomacy basically. The yeah. yeah. Whereas like you know the Klingons can't ever retreat from like a fight. Like um, sure. And everyone else has the retreat option. You know stuff like that. Or like just you know like the yeah. the Ferengi can be in places where where their opponents are without like doing a battle. But it's all has to do like they have to like. You know, like they're 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 making like financial deals and yeah, stuff like that. So yeah, the other thing I, I saw is that apparently there is actually a, like sort of like very detailed Star Trek mod for Stellaris already. No, interesting. So people are kind of curious if this is going to like replace that or huh. how it'll compare. But yeah, but yeah, Stellaris is one I've never played. I'm curious too. And and yeah, this I'm I'm definitely interested in. I do like like strategy games so well we were talking about this t- this week too you know because neither of us have yet played uh star trek resurgence which is at yeah, this point like, like two months old or two, a month and a half old when we're, we're having this conversation game, yeah. but maybe we were thinking maybe we should play it and like we could do a special episode about it because i don't think it's super long in fact like, i can look it up right now and see yeah. how long it's supposed to be but um that would be interesting and like compare sort of the because if it's like telltale games i assume you like Kind of like the yeah. story goes differently depending on the choices you make. So we compare like what episode each one of us no, created. Knowing knowing us, I feel like we would probably just like pick the exact same choices without without consulting without each other. 
It's it's about Probably ten hours. Close, yeah. Most 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 people are putting it at about ten hours of gameplay. Okay. So, yeah, that's not bad. That could, yeah. That could I mean, that's like good. that's like about as long as it takes to watch like a season of like one of the new shows. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll talk about it. I. I might need to take a break from Zelda to do that. Otherwise, like if we wait until I'm done, like we, we won't be recording one until like next year. So we'll see. I'm trying a new thing where I cut my hand over my mouth when I'm doing the fake kazoo's now to try to make it a little sound a little bit more kazooey. Something, yeah. Uh, hi everybody and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard and I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about uh, an auspicious episode for this show, in my opinion. Uh, a piece of the action, which is uh, Star Trek, the original series, season two, episode 20. The show was written by David P. Harmon and Gene L. Kuhn, and it was directed by James Comack. So um, when was the last time you watched this episode? I think it wasn't. It was like when I was just doing my watch through the original series, which would have been like when I was in medical school. So like in St. Louis, so like 10 years ago, probably. Yeah. I think that's the same with me. Like uh, we watched, we watched the original series, I think like around the time that my, that my first son was being born and he's about to turn 10. Okay. And, yeah. um, but I always was like, this episode rules. This episode is my favorite episode of Star Trek. Like, yeah, I remember this was kind of one of the ones that, that sort of like, I remember you texting me after you saw this being like, this is like, this is my favorite episode of Star Trek yeah. forever. Yeah. And I think this is kind of like what got you to like really like Star Trek. Like if this is what Star Trek is like, then I'm like 100% on board. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, like it's the, it's like one of our little episode art images for, I'd say like this, this, you know, if you go on our website, like this is one of our episode art images and, um, you know, it's like this and then like that's that image of Worf from, uh, what is that? C- Cupid, is that I Cupid, think. Cupid, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but- and uh I'm not a married man yeah and um so like i i was i was excited to watch this one but i was a little bit like afraid i was like oh is it not gonna hold up like is it gonna be like good but like not but then like we watched it and i like had a blast i thought it was so good still like i don't know if i'd say it's like my favorite favorite but like it's really good still it's, I yeah think. it's so much fun yeah i'm um, like very like actually we'll i think we'll get to this when we get into it but like you pointed out something that was like actually like very like they put a lot of like kind of thought into like yeah, really yeah. minor detail like kind of this detailed thing that you might fully miss. Yeah, which I, I, I like, I'm sure I didn't recognize the last time I saw it because I would I think I would have remembered that like it's but it's yeah it's yeah, a very good it's detail. Really impressive. So we didn't actually say what this episode is about yet. So let's before we get into it. So the the memory alpha synopsis is uh, returning to a planet last visited by an Earth ship a hundred years earlier. The Enterprise finds a planet that has based its culture on the Chicago gangsters of the 1920s. Uh, which is a very apt... That's yep, basically that's, what happens in the episode. the episode, yeah. It's right. also when I feel like where they they established just kind of like what's going on and like what happened and why very early. And then yeah. like the rest of it is just them dealing with it. Like, yeah. it's not like the, right, like the Omega Glory, they spend most of it. Like, it's very late in the episode that they're just like... Oh, it's yeah. Yankees and communists. Which is, I mean, they have a pretty, pretty, pretty fun in its own way because, like, I remember the first time I watched that, and even watching it the second time because I had kind of forgotten which episode it was. Like, just like when you realize like what's going on, you're like, "What?" Like, it's it's like a it's like an it's like an amazing <laughs> it's like twist. It's like, so an, it's like an M Night Shyamalan 
esque twist, like they were Americans the whole time. But uh, right. but uh, yeah, this one, yeah, it explains very quickly. I think it explains in yeah. I'm looking right now. I'm off. It explains like before the first commercial break, like what's what's going on. Really, is when they like yeah. see the book and everything. Yeah, because I guess yeah. the book's just like hanging out in the guy's office. Yeah. Yeah. Some other similarities to this and Moment of Glory we'll get into, I think, as we go. But uh, yeah. yeah, all right, well, why don't you take us in? Yeah, so it starts out with an almost like Lower Decks style of intro because they're essentially making like second contact with this planet because basically there's like this planet that the Federation had sent a ship to 100 years ago. And because of weird substate space transmission stuff or whatever, like it's taken them this long to go back. And this is, and this, this is I think they say this too. Sorry, it's it's uh, when the when the ship, the ship the Horizon was there, it was before the Prime Directive. Like that's why they were. Yeah, there. Think, yeah. And so now they're like, well, like clearly looking back, like our ship going there caused like contamination of this society's normal development. And they also mention a few times that, like, this species that lives on this planet is, like, notably kind of, like, impressionable or just, like, will imitate kind of anything they see. But also very, like, enterprising. So, like, they can, they'll imitate stuff, but they also, like, they can, they can, they can imitate it with, like, a lot of efficiency. So they can kind of, like, yeah, recreate Yeah, like, fully, things. like, kind of make a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they're going back to be, like, we're going to, like, our mission here is to, like, kind of, like, observe and, like, assess, like, how much damage was done by a Federation ship coming here and, like, you know, affecting their development, and, like, can we, how do, can we, like, correct it and, like, kind of bring them back towards developing normally mm-hmm. on their own as a society? And and it's, it's also one, it, this is kind of an interesting, like, I feel like not always the case type of wrinkle where, like, it's not one where, like, they're going down to the planet and, like, trying to remain in disguise or whatever. Like, the, the, kind of leader of the area they're landing like knows they're coming and knows that like they're from the same people that the horizon came from a hundred years ago yeah and so they beam down into this like very like 1920s city with like cars going back and forth and like people selling papers Mm -hmm. and then like are immediately sort of like held up by two gangsters with tommy guns yeah there's a lot of Tommy guns in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, honestly, I think that is one reason why I like it because, like, I mean, I'm not, I don't like guns at all, but like, I think that like Tommy guns are like the coolest looking, like, just like most cinematic weapon like yeah. in existence, maybe. Like, and so I think I've always thought that from when I was like a little kid. And like, I, I did you read like the um, the Christian Heritage uh, series uh, at all? Um, I. Th- think so was that the one where it's like following like one family yeah like yeah. i only read like the first couple of series like the pilgrims one and then the like salem one or something yeah. like that i so i i read like i think all of those or at least all of those up to that point with my mom and loved them when i was a kid i have no idea how they're told up now and i guess it'd be like yeah. there's probably some stuff about women in there or something i don't know but um there one of them is set in the 20s and that was my favorite one of them was like the one in the twenties. And like, I think there's probably timing us in there, but it's definitely like, they're always working against like the mob and stuff like that. Nice. And I think at the end of the, of like the last, the last book, like the, the main character's dad is almost drowned in, uh, 
oh, in a nice. cement in a cement overcoat, which we'll get into in a second. But like, um, and so like, I think I just think like that's also I just like I've just always like been very kind of like interested in that time period, and um, yeah. So like, I think just the milieu and the and the guns and stuff like really work for me too. Yeah, like, it's um, very fun, and mm-hmm. like everyone looks good in like three piece pinstripe suits. Yeah, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, there's a lot of like just sort of like brandishing of Tommy guns and like waving them around which yeah. is great if anything like the number of t- like more than once like they both get in a car and like Kirk has to sort of hand his to Spock to, yeah. so that he can drive and Spock's just like holding two of them up in the air yeah it's great if anything that might be my one criticism of the episode is there are probably about like five or six scenes where like Kirk and Scott, Spock are about to do something and then someone's like don't move I'm yeah, gonna point to you like there's like, yeah <laughs> It's like you gotta, like you gotta figure this out by now. Like, there people who got Tommy guns in this world, guys. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. So they get held up, and then, and then, and then, like before, as they're getting brought, right? There's like a drive-by oh, shooting. A drive-by, yeah, of like one of the guys that was bringing them in, just to kind of establish like what a lawless land this is now. But yeah. then, then they go to the boss. Yeah, who, so who they called go them to down? Ox mix. Yeah, is. it's a strange. It's a strange. Uh, Nay, I wonder. I wonder if that was like them kind of being like, he's still got a crazy name because he's an alien. But like, in yeah, the, that's I think like, they, yeah, because I think they all. I was kind of curious what the deal because like I feel like some of them have. I feel like most of them have kind of like weird alien names, but some of them have more just like Italian mobster sounding names. I feel like. Yeah, like Jojo Cracko. I think I think that is an alien name. Like Cracko is anyway, but like Jojo kind of sounds like it could be like a mobster's name. Yeah. You know? And it's the same with Bella, because like Bella is yeah, like, a, a Bella, which but then like, his last name is Oxmix or yeah. whatever. Oxmix. Yeah. Um, and so he's basically kind of like the the most powerful sort of like gang boss, like controls the most territory. But basically, like this whole planet is kind of divided up into like territories of rival gangs yeah. that are doing crimes of some unspecified sort. It's like it's like Coruscant if it was in like the twenties. Like yeah, it basically like, is. the whole planet is one big Chicago. Yeah. This is where we're recording right now. Yeah, there uh, we go. Uh, we've yet to see a Tommy gun. Yeah. We should have gone to I think there is a like Chicago mob museum or something like that. Oh man, I actually would like probably really like going to that. <laughs> but yeah, so they they meet up with him and he essentially and, and I think this is where, like, while they're in his office, they see on this sort of, like, pedestal is this, like, very, like, I don't even know what the word is, but, like, it's it's made up to look like an old, like, Catholic Bible. Like, yeah, like an illuminated manuscript or something. Yeah. 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 Of what what everyone calls, like, oh, that's the book. Yeah. Um, but it's, because, it, but I think it's, that's not the, like, the only copy book, because I think it's in everybody's right. office. And I think that, that was, like, tripping me up at, the, at first, because I was, like, why did the people who, like, came here, why did they have, like, a huge book? Like, yeah, it's, like, huge. it's, like, probably, like, a foot and a half tall, like, yeah. um, it, but then, yeah, and then later I was, like, I okay, yeah, I think it's just, like, it's, it's, it is, like, their Bible, and so, yeah, like, they so have, like, like, this nice made, version of it. copies of it, yeah. That that is just a like a it's a book called like Chicago Gangs of the nineteen twenties of the nineteen twenties or yeah so mobs of the twenties yeah it's called. and it, it's 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 not fiction right it's just like a like nonfiction yeah it's just a book about book like about them yeah that was written this is a like a, it, what I thought was like an interesting detail they threw in that it's just like it was written in nineteen ninety two yeah <laughs> which is like just kind of odd for them to be like it was written in the far future. About the past, 
and then taken into the future. Yeah. Well, I think, like, I don't know. I, I think that, like, the, it feels like the people who worked on the original series were just, like, the 90s are so far away that, like, and, and like, no one will remember the show that, like, we can just say, like, that's that's going to be gonna so futuristic. Because, yeah. like, that's when the eugenics it's force It's also in the middle too. of the eugenics force. Yeah. It's uh, a good point. I guess that, was, that might have been the late 90s. No, I think it's... I'll look it up while you're talking. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, and so basically kind of like what they figure out the like the premise of the episode, which is that because these people are this, you know, on this planet are so like impressionable and like they basically decided to form like formulate their entire planet-wide like society around this one book about Chicago mobs of the twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so again, like everyone wears pinstripe suits and like talks in twenties gangster slang or like almost twenties gangster slang. Yeah. Um, which is cause yeah. Cause when the, and this is, I think something that I kind of flagged the first one, but I think you really like put together what they were doing with it. Cause like when they, when they walk into Oxus's office, he's got a big pool table in the middle of the room and he's like, playing pool but he's just like walking around with the stick and like hitting just kind of random balls or like pick up a ball and move it somewhere else and yeah. then hit it and my like i like picked up on that and i was like what is this guy doing and i just kind of assumed it was like a production thing where they just told the actor like oh yeah like act like you're playing pool and he like didn't really know mm-hmm. how how to play pool but, but but he's like a 50 year old guy in yeah the 60s yeah so he, knows he how to play pool. definitely like, knows how to play pool uh, and then there's a few other things throughout the episode like i think then when they go to krakow's office he's like playing darts but he's sort of like like underhanded lobbing he's like throwing them behind the his over his shoulder yeah. yeah and then and then they there's a card game that they're playing too where it's just like it doesn't seem like they're actually playing cards it's just yeah, like they're kind of just like dealing them in like these weird piles and, like throw them down and put them in piles and then i think i think what really confirmed it for us was at the end toward the end someone tells scotty that he's going to put him in cement overshoes which is not yeah. a phrase it's it was either cement shoes or it was like a cement overcoat and i think what they're doing which is like i think super fun is that basically because they only have the context of like this one book and they don't have any like histor- historical context other than that it's like basically they're kind of like getting details of the of like what was actually going on in the 20s like kind of subtly wrong where they're just like oh yeah like well we only know how to play we only know what pool is because we read about it in this book yeah like, it any, pool, like and there was like maybe a picture of a pool table yeah so we don't have any the rules are yeah we don't have an understanding of like how it actually works we've never no one's ever taught us how to play and so like this is us kind of like trying our best to imitate this thing which i think is a really funny idea yeah like, and, like, and they never ever call it out either like yeah that's what it impresses me is it's like so yeah. Yeah, it's one of those that just kind of, like, is underlying the whole thing that, like, everything they're doing is, like, just a little bit off. Yeah. But, yeah, but they never, like, point it out or call attention to it, that it, mm-hmm. it really is just there if you notice it. Yeah. You know, this is one thing I don't I don't think this episode of The Armada Gloria is doing, but it's also, like, kind of an interesting... It's an interesting kind of thing that you can bring to it as an audience member, where, like... Both this episode and the Omega Glory, and I feel like there might be like one or two other episodes of Star Trek where like this kind of thing happens. I mean, even in that that Prodigy episode we were talking about, the I think it's called All the Worlds the Stage or something like that. Like, probably um, where it's like people take this stuff that is like not intended to be revered 
in that way and like treat it as like essentially like a religious text like like that's mm-hmm. clear, clearly like that's what the the mob's thing and but like that's also what the the constitution is you know the declaration of independence or whatever whatever it's the declaration yeah they like in, bring it out and like recite it together yeah. and yeah and you know it's funny because like i don't i think ultimately like like the message of the megalory episode i like a lot even though it's like not good you know strictly speaking is like the declaration of independence actually is awesome and you just need to understand it the right way but it's like there's something interesting about the idea of just like people's innate like desire to make meaning out of stuff and like also Mm -hmm. like to like look well it's actually it's easier to live our lives if we just kind of like apply all objective truth to like whatever this document like that is not really intended to be i mean not you know obviously like i i'm not i'm no big defender of like the constitution or like america in general i say as i'm recording this on the fourth of july but like uh you know i mean like give the founding fathers this like when they designed that when they when they wrote the constitution like it was written to be changed and messed with and stuff you know and it's yeah. only kind of in the last you know 50 to 100 years that like it's that like it's kind of been like codified into this like totally immutable document where yeah, like there's no we way can't. we could ever like amend it ever again, and yeah, it's just like a funny thing to think about. Even though I don't think that was really like their intention in either of these episodes, just the idea of like kind of like how we can very easily like take something and like kind of like cite it as like an appeal to authority, even when that wasn't what it was. Right, that it was before. But yeah, like, and especially if if something is old, you know, because it's like it's like even you can go into like, you know, quack medicine, where it's just like so much of like quack medicine. It's like, well, yeah, people used to do this, you know, or people have done like homeopathy or whatever for like a long time, like, and so like it must yeah. be good, right? Like, and I don't know. I just think that I just I was just something I was thinking about while watching the episode. Yeah. So yeah. So they're they're in Oxmix's office and he essentially like decides to hold them hostage and like demand that they, like he finds out that they have phasers and, and they're like, he's like, what's this? And they're like, well, it's a weapon. And it's like, you know, way more powerful than a Tommy gun. And so he's like, Oh, like send me, you know, a hundred of these. And then I can like take over the whole planet, like, and like bring it under my like gang rule, like take out all the other gangs and kind of like holds them hostage and like puts them in a, like a little holding cell, mm-hmm. or no? Now I'm getting this confused with the other episode. He, 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 he I mean, they get captured to, like, a bunch. And then. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, like so, like he captures them, and then like you know, radios up to the ship and talks to Scotty, who's like in command of the ship, and kind of demands a bunch of guns. And then okay, so then that, then they get like kept in the warehouse and like have like a few guards that are guarding them and that's when those guards are playing cards and Kirk's like okay well I'll distract him and then we'll like overpower them and take over so so this is when he te- he like goes over and is just like oh you guys are just playing that like kids game I'll show you like a real cool game that I learned in space it's and, like a, a game for men yeah uh, and starts teaching them fizzbin which again though is is I think like a nice I don't know. I feel like there's just a lot of like attention to detail and like mm-hmm. consistency in this episode because again, like it, it like plays into the kind of idea of like this species being very like kind of eager to try and like yeah you know in like imitate what other cooler people out in space are doing. Yeah, because the mobster's like, super into like, it right away. Like, oh, I can learn that game, and then like 
I'm smart enough for that game. And so then he just starts like making up these random rules of it's basically like if you when you like it's like Mao, if you ever played like Mao, <laughs> like, like a card game where it's just like there yeah. every time you just or add like a new rule and it's you like, like play a game with your little brother and yeah. just like invent a game as you're going that only you can win. Yeah. Type of thing. You draw you draw a card but only when it's Tuesdays at nighttime. Like yeah. but then like the, the like, guy is remembering all the rules. Great, but yeah. like if you get a fourth one, then you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Except today, actually, if you get a fourth one, it's good for you because, like, <laughs> and he just does all this so that he can flip the table over, yeah, when they're and, not, just, <laughs> and then punch them, like, yeah, uh, and then flips the table and like Spock nerf pinches one of them, and like Kirk and McCoy like karate chop and punch the other ones, and. Yeah, it's uh, there's so much uh, Vulcan nerve pinching in this episode. Like maybe more than I can ever think of, like in another single episode. I feel like. Yeah, like, it almost uh, like I wonder if it's like a running gag because every time it's like, like Kirk like sort of like gets in this kind of extended fist fight with somebody, <laughs> and and Spock just kind of like nerve pinches his guy and then like stands and waits for Kirk to finish. Yeah, but I, this probably happens like four times or four yeah. or five times maybe. I mean, that's, but that's because they keep. Getting yeah, like it does. The middle of this episode is kind of a lot of. Like, it's tough to keep straight because they keep, like, they'll get, like, captured by guys behind them with Tommy guns and then, like, figure out some way to, like, get the upper hand and, like, Spock will nerve pinch a guy and Kirk will punch a guy. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, like, go into another room and then it'll turn out that there's two more guys with Tommy guns behind them and they're captured again. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, because then they go over to the other, to, like, find the other sort of, like, big crime boss in town mm-hmm. who is Krakow. Who then also, like, immediately, like, captures them and is just like, well, I want the gun so that I can take over. And then, I don't even remember how they escape from them. Oh, that's that's the one when they, they get cap- caught in a room and then they, like, put a little trip line across the door. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's Kirk does that. Because Kirk, Kirk is the only one who gets captured. Because then oh, yeah. Bones so, and so they Spock back. Yeah. Bones and Spock to the ship. Oh, I want to I wanna highlight that play. scene, though, because that scene is really funny to me. Because they... It's like clever, but also funny because like they go to a radio station because Uhura is nomin- is is monitoring the radio transmissions. Like, apparently, there's only one radio yeah. station on the planet, but like, um, yeah. but and so then he just like they nerve pinch the the woman working as like the DJ basically, and yeah. then and then yeah, <laughs> Spock, and Spock like tries Spock to talk like, into the broadcast microphone, and yeah. then he's expecting to hear something back, and he just hears like a commercial, and like he makes such a funny face of he, just yeah. like. I like, like this is Nimoy, not supposed to be happening. Like, Leonard Nimoy's so facial good. expressions in the episode, in a few points, are very, very good. Yeah, but then they, they ultimately it works. They like they're working and they talk to Uhura. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, because basically, like the ship has been like, and so that's like then she's able to like get a lock on their coordinates and kind of like start doing things from the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah, and then Kirk Kirk escapes by putting like a tripwire across the doorway, and then like throwing something at like his cot and yelling help and then yeah. like two people come like well one person comes running in like trips over the thing and then he like throws a blanket over the head of the next person to run in yeah he's and, yeah the main three of them are so good in this episode like like i i thought like yeah so just like super charming and funny and yeah i think we're going to talk in the next episode that like shatner i don't really think I think just because like that episode, there's not really a lot going on in the next episode. Like Shatner is kind of forced to like lay it on a little thick, but it's just like every now and then you watch like a Star Trek episode where you're just like, look, I understand like the things people say about that guy, and they're all like true, but like he's 
he's got it. Like, like you know, yeah, like, you understand why it's successful. Like, like he's he, he he's he's so he finely yeah. tuned to like the thing, and like, yeah, I think he's really funny in this, but also just like you know clever and like you also like one thing I really appreciated about both of those episodes that we're talking about today is that like you know you see you look at him and it's the more like it's like maybe like the most like swashbuckling captain and he is and like obviously he does a lot of like you know marginally violent stuff although he only like actually shoots like one person like in you know on stun like he doesn't yeah. kill anybody you know um but like but even like at the you know there's something he does at the end to basically solve the problem but like he doesn't do it until the end i think partially just because like he doesn't want to like that that's like the you know when he stuns all those people yeah. like and it's like he's just like like no i'm not gonna give you these guns like he's he's like so just like look can we like figure out like how to do this you know yeah which uh, i think again like especially for like the time period and like kind of like what you would think of like as a star or a sci-fi yeah. type of show which you would think is just like lasers and flying through space and blowing up robots and stuff yeah but yeah it is always like so interesting that like the focus is always on like peaceful resolution yeah um, um i i, I like just, some form or another yeah it just really worked it really worked in this one because they kind of got to have their cake and eat it too you know because there are right. like several scenes where kirk is just like punching people out but it's like always like well yeah i mean i don't know this, this seems like the way to do it and then he again he always like it's like the minimum he's, amount of punching that he yeah, can he's, do. He's you just, know? just to like get them to leave him alone long enough that he can like get everybody in a room and talk. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is. It's. It is really good. Because yeah. So then he. They. They. They meet up back. I think Oxmix captures uh, Spock and Bones because he like hears them on the radio, and then Kirk shows up because he's got his like phaser back now. And I think he stuns somebody and then rescues them. And then that is. That's the point that I. Feel like I always remembered happened much sooner in the episode yeah. where they actually like they get they take two of the suits from like the the henchmen and and that's when you get the shot of like they look Kirk so and Spock they look so good these, like real nice pinstripe suits and like, like Shatter and Picker looks like so handsome and it also like yeah. legitimately he's got, like, this like, blue suit with like, white hat and oh he's so good and then yeah like uh, you know, he's got like his ears poking out like yeah and then they they. And then, then there's like an extended they, they bit, yeah, yeah, which is like, again, like just something that I feel like would never happen now. Like the amount of time that they let them just like draw out this this bit of them in the car, because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's like they sit in the car and Spock's like, "Are you sure you can drive this?" Kirk's like, "Oh, I'll figure it out." And then they just kind of like look at it for a while, and he's like, "I think you shift gears," and he's like, "Yes, gears," and like turns the like. Pulls on the handle a little bit, and yeah. it happens. And Spock's like, in my readings, I heard about something called a clutch. Yeah. Then Tom Paris is just like, oh, man, I know all this. I yeah, should be the right. one doing this, you know. I have one of these in the holiday. He's, he's reading. Yeah. He's, he's... And then, like, the thing that you've been expecting to happen the whole time, just because of, like, how the shot is framed, yeah. happens. Where, like, they put it in gear, and then it just, like, goes, goes backwards. Yeah. And they, like, pull forward. And just, like... Like jerkily, like make their way all the way down the road. And yeah, like, and then like Spock is like talking about how bad his driving how is. Yeah, is. it's yeah, it's great. Like the amount of time they spend on it is just so good. Yeah, for like, those two just like that. Those two just have such a good chemistry too. Like it, you know, I know they didn't always get along, but like man, they were they were just so yeah. good together. Like yeah, and then they're like they're going back to Krakow's office to try to because at this point their plan is like, well, if we just kidnap all of the game bosses and then we can like force them to get into a room because what they've figured out is like we need to like they decided that what this planet needs is to have kind of like a centralized 
government of some sort instead of like a bunch of gangs fighting amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. And so like, well, if we get all of the people with the most power into a room and we can like sort out some way of like kind of like organizing all of them together. So they go and they, they decide they're going to kidnap Krakow and they're like, oh, well, like, how are we going to get inside his, <laughs> I, I would call it a hideout, but it's not because it's a building that just has like a sign on the outside that says because like boss, Krakow, Jojo Krakow, game yeah. boss. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really seem that there's like a government or like if there is, it's like just nominal, you know? Yeah. Like, but yeah, and there's like guards outside. And so then, then like the kid shows up who, again, I also like feel like I remember playing a much bigger role in this episode. Yeah. But there's like this like kid in the newsboy cap that like runs up and he's like, oh, I'll help you guys, but I want a piece of the action. And then he like, they're like, oh yeah, we'll cut you in for a percentage or whatever. But I think <laughs> you this, never see that kid never again. See him again. <laughs> and I think this is also sort of like supposed to be like this is kind of the point that like gives kirk his like idea for how to solve it all or like yeah he kind of realizes like enough about how this place works that he's like this is the only way i can i can solve you know like solve this um but the kid runs up and like distracts the guards and then spock walk and nerve pinches them and they go inside and and they kidnap krakow and they beam krakow up to the ship i think to kind of like keep him safe yeah because then they go back to kind of try to kidnap Oxmix too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the Krakow is like talking to, trying to threaten Scotty, and Scotty's Scotty. not having it. Yeah. Scotty's getting this episode too, like he's because he's usually he's usually like acting captain, like while yeah. they're all down. Yeah, and he's the one that does the most, just sort of like I don't know what any of you are saying. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, as the episode goes on, like Kirk starts using more and more yeah. gangster slang when he's talking to Scotty, and it's just and Scotty's just like. What? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's good. Yeah, and Kirk then has to just kind of like lean closer into the transport and he's like, just like, just beam them down and use the, the stun beam on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I want you to put that heat on the Bodgers. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. So then, yeah, because then they go back to Oxmix's office and this is the point when, where Kirk kind of goes full in character and like puts his shoes up on the desk and starts like talking. He's like, we're gonna be the biggest game in town and y'all are gonna be working for the feds and that kind of thing and uses the they do a thing where like they use they like have oxmix like call up all of the other gang bosses on the phone and then can like use the phone lines to like get their coordinates so that uhura can use the transporter and they end up beaming sort of like all of the gang bosses into this one office yeah and basically kind of like what kirk tries like sort of like forces all of them to do is because i think like his kind of idea is that like basically these people like at this point won't like understand or respond to anything other than like in kind like what they're used to yeah so he's like the only way to like gets established some sort of like organization and order is to treat it like it is a gang related thing so he's like okay so like the federation's the biggest strongest gang yeah. And, like, you all work for us now, and, like, we're going to collect a percentage because that's kind of, like, what you expect. And then we'll have, like, an underboss, and, like, he'll have lieutenants. And then... So he, like, puts Krakow... Or, no, he puts Oxmix sort of, like, in charge, and then Krakow's is, like, second in command over, like, the whole planet. But, but he's, they, like... But they don't believe him at first. Yeah, because then that's when... Because basically, like... They they keep kind of showing like these brief shots where like Krakow's guys realize that he's been kidnapped and like assume that he's at Oxmix's. So they they like get a gang together and like drive over there and they're like we're gonna like 
have a big gang fight to like bust him out. Yeah. And so then like out in the streets, the all the bosses see this fight starting to happen, and that's when Kirk has. I don't. Do they ever do this in the show? Other than this, where they like have like the ship fire on just like a the giant planet. stun, uh, yeah. yeah, stun phaser blast onto the planet, yeah, yeah. Because they like I can't set remember the that ship's happening. phasers on stun and then just like shoot at this like whole city block. So then like all the people out fighting in the streets just like fall over. <laughs> yeah, and Kirk, Kirk's like they're all alive, but like I could have easily just had them be <laughs> killed. killed like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Then they then they're like, okay, all right, we'll 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 work with you guys, you know. Yeah. And then, and then back on the ship, like Spock is sort of like, I don't think you should have done that. <laughs> and Kirk's like, it, well, and then he asks, like, so are we, we really like the Federation's really going to like send a ship every year to like pick up a big like forty percent of just this planet's money? Yeah. And Kirk's like, well, no, we'll like reinvest it on the planet to like sort of keep establishing more like things that'll help people and like yeah, over time it'll sort stuff, of like yeah. develop into. A normal government, yeah, which is like a little bit of a flimsy plan. I feel like it's well, it's, it's, kind of, it's a very questionable plan that Kirk comes up with. But. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of like weird things about this where it's like it's arguably a lot of it is arguably unethical, but also it's like it is probably going to reduce like the amount of like violence and stuff on the planet. Like, but yeah, it's like yeah. it's it's very it's much more like kind of like. Um, it's 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 weird because it's like the prior directives already been violated, right? And so then like that that's a right, one thing, yeah. that's one thing that I think already, yeah. the show is always kind of like grappling with like how do you sh- how do you show this? Like all, every Star Trek show is is like once once you have violated the prime directive, like or once the prime directive has been like broken or like you know once the the yeah do you try to like minimize off, or can you like yeah like what what do you what's your responsibility? Yeah, yeah, and um, that's true. Yeah. You know, like like kind of the the op, you know, the uh, you know, we, we kind of like fr- looked at the other side of it, you know, in that one episode of Voyager we watched recently with like the the that planet where like the aliens like put like a seal oh, around the sure. planet again, you know, like yeah. yeah. So it's like I don't know, it's not it's like yeah, it's kind of a flimsy plan, and it's like he means well, I guess I don't know, it's not the kind of thing they would do now, but it's I don't know, it's like it's yeah. funny, though. and I think they try to be like well, like he they kind of like. He tried just like normal diplomacy, and like clearly that kept like yeah breaking down. So like this was the only thing that would work. That, like, yeah, everything else they've tried, like they just get Tommy guns pointed at them. So like this is kind of, he kind of like yeah. figured out what would work for these people. But yeah, yeah, uh, and, <laughs> and then, then it finishes with uh, with McCoy being like, I think I left my tricorder down there. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like. Oh, they're gonna, yeah, they're we'll, gonna. They're gonna like, we'll see like, what happens when they take the, that apart. Yeah, because the trans, they're like the transmitter is in there, and the transmitter is like the basis for all of like our scientific advancements. So if they figure that out, like, and then he's like, next they might want a piece of our action, you know, like, and yeah. and then uh, we looked it up afterwards, and like they have never in canon, they've never like referenced or like come back to the that planet again. Mm-hmm. So like that feels like it's like ripe for like a. A lower decks episode or something. I know. Obviously, yeah. they, they already did like the drug, the drug planet. Uh, you know, going back there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think you could do something really interesting with that. And in fact, we we saw that like originally the plan for like the DS Nine episode that was that ended up becoming Trials and tribula- Tribulations was that they went back to that planet to instead. That yeah. And then I, I, I and like, everyone was imitating like Starfleet uh, instead of instead of like mobster stuff. Uh, yeah. Now. 
Which I feel, I don't know, I feel like, well, because then that, uh, maybe the bones of that ended up becoming the Prodigy episode. Yeah. But I feel like what the more interesting thing would be to do, like, because now they've, like, got this technology that then, like, far enough in the future, like, they then develop, like, warp, and so you have, like, gangsters, like, they're still gangsters, but they're, like, in starships now, like, coming to attack and all their stars, like all the starships look like like old cars from like the yeah. yeah. I feel like you could do really, especially like lower decks. I feel like could do yeah. a lot of fun with that, where they are suddenly being like invaded by gangsters. Yeah, yeah, but, but and the, the Tommy guns like shoot phaser blasts now, but they're still the Tommy guns. Still look like Tommy yeah. guns. Yeah. Oh man, we should be writing for Star Trek. Uh-huh. We, we could we could come up with a few good episodes. I think of Star Trek if we if we yeah. put our minds to it. Yeah. So just a super fun episode, like. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And it just really is like, you know, I think like Trek has like its philosophical, like, well, especially original series, Trek has like its philosophical modes and it's like kind of like goofier science fiction modes. But I think this is like, like, just like kind of one of like the, the ur texts of like goofy Trek stuff to me. Like yeah. it's right, it's right up there with like Voyage Home and, and like that kind of a thing, you know. It, it is one of those where like you can see things in it where like, I do wonder if this is kind of like what sort of triggered them to have the idea for what would eventually become Voyage Home. Like, you yeah. just, it, it's just very much, like, you can see how much fun, like, Kirk and Spock are having, like, being in, like, a, the past. Yeah. <laughs> of, yeah like, I mean, most figuring out how to drive a car, and, like, yeah, it's just, it, 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 very, it has a lot of, like, the same kind of spirit that, like, is what makes Voyage Home good, too. Yeah. Most time travel like, episodes of Star Trek are pretty good, I think, like, like yeah. ge- generally speaking, like, uh... Or, like, the, the times when, like, Kirk will be trying to talk in slang and then kind of, like, elbow Spock or look back to him and he'll be, yeah. like, affirmative, Captain. No, so Kirk or Spock or Kirk will, like, elbow him and yeah. be like, right. Yeah. <laughs> but he'll keep saying the wrong, wrong one because then Kirk will be like, check, and he'll be like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's are, very good. The two of them are, I mean, they're always, like, great together, but they're, they're very, their dynamic together is very good in this one, I yeah. feel like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's it's a weird thing. It's like it's like it's kind of sad that like they didn't always get along in real life. You know, it's I mean obviously like even even worse is like Takei and Shatner. You know, who Takei yeah. not in this episode or in the next episode. Um, we we actually looked it up. He was during this time he was shooting a famous John Wayne pro Vietnam War movie <laughs> called The Green Berets. Uh, uh, while while this was going on, so I think yeah, he, I, I think he made a mistake. Before, I think he would yeah, it would have been better right. for him to be in these uh, like nine consecutive episodes during season two that Sulu's not in because yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, so speaking of that, do you have anything else you want to talk about this episode? I don't know. I I, yeah. I didn't take notes because of how we were watching this one, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I think we covered it pretty pretty yeah. well. So yeah, well, thank you everybody for listening. Um, in two weeks, we're going to be back with what is that episode called? Uh, it's the it's. The, the original series, another, like, shortly after this one. Five it's episodes later. Two, episode 22 of the original series, and it's called By Any Other Name. And uh, so we'll be back in two weeks for that. Um, in the meantime, you can check us out on Twitter at Contracts. You can check us out on uh, our website at autocontracts.podbean.com. You can email us at autocontracts at gmail.com, or you can follow us on YouTube at Autocontracts. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. Uh, there's also the couple other shows that we are a few other shows that we are with on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There is Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There's That's Not How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there's Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check any of those folks out, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye.